Today's episode is a little touchy. We're talking about economic power. Peace and blessings, everyone. This is Elegant Granny, your restoration strategist and creator and host of the Proactive Eye podcast. Last week, I believe we went over doing a year in review of the podcast, and that was kind of fun looking over everything um, of what was discussed. And there were quite a bit that was missing because I had to take a sabbatical. But as I came back, we did some more things and it helped plan and prepare for this year. The first month of January, the first month of the year, January, we're going to talk about economic power structure within the homes of the victims and survivors of abuse, because this is a very touchy situation here and some things just need to be discussed. And this is one of them. A lot of people don't understand how this can be the root of a lot of things when it comes to victims and survivors. So today we're going to talk about it. So economic power. There is so much that can be said about this topic. It could go in a myriad of directions. But for this series, I'm going to talk about how it can hinder and how it could also help a victim and a survivor of abuse. Economic power. For this purpose today, I'm going to talk about how a victim can feel trapped and somewhat of what a survivor goes through when they come out. So economic power, what happens is during a a toxic relationship, the perpetrator or the abuser ends up gaining control a lot of times during the relationship. A lot of people, when they notice someone is in a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship, The first thing they want to say to them is, you need to leave. You need to leave. Get out. Why are you still there? Well, it isn't as simple as you think it is. If that person was to leave, do you even know if they have what they need to get out? Now, it's easier said than done to say, it doesn't matter. You need to leave because anything is better than getting pounded on. But... If that particular person has nowhere else to go, what are they going to do when they leave? What are they going to eat when they leave? Where are they going to sleep? What happens in an abusive home? The majority of the time, the victim does not have access to the finances. The abuser controls everything. At that point when they do, it's always the perpetrator versus the victim. 
the, as time goes on, the perpetrator or the abuser gets more and more control over the finances. And it gets to the point where the victim, it, it opposes them getting out. They see no options of getting out. And so they feel trapped. And that's one of the things that the abuser is trying to do, trying to keep them in the relationship, taking control of absolutely everything so the victim has no options. The least amount of options the victim has, the more power and control the abuser has. Economic power. The next thing is Once they leave or once the victim thinks about leaving, where are they going to go and who they know they can trust? Because that's hard. That is very, very hard knowing where to go and knowing who to trust. Even if they do their research and find out where they can go, are they sure they can trust those people? That's something a lot of people don't take in consideration because you lose your sense of trust when you are in a toxic relationship and you don't want to just trust anybody because fear takes over. Fear takes over really, really bad. And so the capacity to be able to trust someone once you leave it's pretty much not there. And so a lot of times a victim will think, well, I'll just take my chances still here. At least I know what to expect. Because once you leave, a lot of times you don't know what you're going to expect. You have an idea of what you want, but are you really going to get that thing? This is something as a supporter or as someone who has a concern for someone in, in an abusive relationship, it's time to think about these things. And the reason why I say it's time to think about these things, because when we tell someone they need to leave, we need to know what we're really asking them to do, because you're changing a whole dynamic here. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't leave. I'm going to always say they should leave, but each situation is different. Do we really, really know what we're asking that person to do? Because what if they are miles and miles and miles away from their family? Because most in general, what happens is the abuser has gotten them so far away from friends and family, or they have isolated them so much to where no one in their family or the friends that they used to have want to deal with them or their children if they have any. So again, when we tell them they need to leave, we need to think about where they're going to go, how they're going to get there, and what other resources they have to work with. Because if they don't have or they don't feel comfortable with any of those three, you can pretty much forget it. Now that's not to say there aren't some who will just get up and leave because there are some who can just do that. But I'm specifically talking about those who cannot. The third thing is 
A victim has a hard time dealing with the capacity of starting over once they get out. If they are um, in a place, in a different place, when once they get out, if they do, if they do decide to leave, and they are somewhere else in another space where they are unfamiliar, you know, they're not familiar with people around them. They're not familiar with the things or the or any of the places around them. A lot of times that's a big shock to them. It takes a toll on their spiritual health and this and their mental health. And so one of the things that, that needs to happen is to find some mental health therapy. Find a counselor somewhere that can give them some support, help them to develop some coping skills. Another thing is a spiritual advisor. Now, I say these two a lot in all of my episodes. I cannot stress how important this is, but at the same time, I understand how frightful it is to be able to trust anybody once you get out. And believe it or not, it's even hard to trust people that you know once you get out of a, a, in a, in a toxic relationship. It's very, very, very hard. The only way I can put it is, if you haven't been there, you just wouldn't know. You have to have been in that position to know what I'm talking about. Some things I just don't know how to put into the words to try to get you to understand. But I hope at some point that you can understand and get what I am saying. Um, another thing that that can help is to develop a plan of action, which is something hard to do for a victim or survivor of abuse to develop a plan of action. Sometimes it could take place before that person leaves. Sometimes it takes place after they leave. When it happens before they leave, they're generally planning their way of escape and getting to somewhere else because they have found a place of safety, someplace else where they feel like they will be safe, that that person will not be able to find them. If it happens afterwards, it's usually how to get themselves back into the swing of things such as working, being able to um, have um, affordable um, housing, transportation, getting back into school, go to work, whatever. It's so hard to think about these things. And when you talk about economic power, once a victim comes out, they're pretty weak in this area because like I said, the perpetrator or the abuser has taken control of all the finances and either they still have access to all the finances or they have spent it all up. And not all toxic relationships are because of the abuser was an alcoholic or drug addicted or a sex addict. That's not always the case. Sometimes they're just abusive. I'm going to go further into this with the next three 
weeks. The next three episodes, I'm going to go further into this. I just wanted to give a little brief intro on this series on economic power with the victims and survivors of abuse. I hope something I said today resonates with you. You are a great asset in this world, and it is especially important after a life of any form of abuse to see a physician, a mental health specialist, and a spiritual advisor to help you excel as you recover. Let a granny know in the voice message feature or by email at proactiveeye at gmail.com some things you do to help you recover. I would love to hear your story and get your perspective on why those things are valuable to you. It has been a pleasure sharing with you today. All links to connect with me and free resources are in the show notes. Feel free to download episodes and take advantage of the free resources provided. You can visit the Proactive Eye blog at bit.ly PE podcast blog. That's bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. You can also connect with Proactive Eye on Instagram and Twitter at Proactive Eye. And and Facebook, the handle is at Proactive Eye Podcast. This has been your host, Elegant Granny. Thank you for your support and visit again. And remember, healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Much love, peace, light, and healing vibes, family.